Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about mimics. So, a mimic is a classic D&D monster that is actually very simple mechanically, but incredibly versatile in its potential applications. So, I'm just going to give a brief description of what a mimic is, um, go through the stat block, and then we're going to have a bunch of back and forth about fun ways that a mimic can be used in your games. So. A mimic, as its name implies, is a shapeshifter. It is a monstrosity type creature that is able to transform itself into an object or back into its normal self. So I'll actually just read its shape changer trait because they do describe it rather efficiently. Shape changer. The mimic can use its action to polymorph into an object or back into its true amorphous form. Its statistics are the same in each form. Any equipment it's wearing or carrying isn't transformed. It reverts to its true form if it dies. So there's actually quite a lot of interesting information in that. First off, the fact that a mimic's true form is amorphous, meaning it is versatile, shapeless. And that means that as a dungeon master, you have absolute control on how you want to describe it. If you want to just have it be like a puddle of moving goo, then you can describe it that way. If you want it to be like a tentacled, you know, eyes in wrong places, you know, creature from beyond, you can describe it that way. If you want to just have it be 
a thing like maybe it its true form is a particular object that just has eyes and teeth as well then you could describe it that way the fact that it does not have an actual description of its true form leaves that open to you so what is fun about it being this shape-shifting creature this is a classic as i mentioned even if you don't know what the word mimic refers to as a monster you've probably seen this in cartoons in just other tv movies or books because it is a thing that ironically enough has been mimicked quite a lot over the decades so the typical way that you see a mimic is a treasure chest that the adventurers stumble across and then they open it up and as you know the rogue sticks their hands in to grab whatever shiny they see then all of a sudden this treasure chest has an enormous tongue and rows of giant teeth and it jumps down on the rogue and roll initiative that is a classic and honestly a very fun thing to do. Even after all these years, I still have some players in my own campaign that are really paranoid about treasure chests. So a mimic has this ability to shape change and the versatility of how that can be applied is honestly a lot of fun but before we get into too much let's actually just go through the monster's stat block and then we will go on all kinds of fun rants after that so a normal mimic is a medium monstrosity of neutral alignment so neutral is actually kind of interesting so that means then that it is neither good nor evil lawful or chaotic that it is true neutral that's just kind of neat so it can be whatever you as the dm want it to be so a mimic has a natural ac of 12 58 hit points and a slow speed of 15 feet so yeah 15 feet not the fastest of creatures but the fact that it is mobile is interesting stats 17 strength 12 dex 15 con 5 intelligence 13 wisdom and 8 charisma so there's a couple of details of that that stand out to me that i do want to pause and address now which is the fact that it does have a 5 intelligence 13 wisdom and 8 charisma means a mimic is not a terribly smart creature but they're sentient so they're not just an animal that is just hunting for food they are sentient and with that 13 wisdom actually quite clever which means that a mimic can plan it is smart enough to decide to transform into something to draw attention to try to catch prey it is smart enough to potentially escape not very smart but the fact that it is sentient i do feel is just neat and i honestly didn't know that until i was doing the research on this topic so even i still learn new things every so often so mimics actually do have skill proficiency in stealth so a typical mimic will have a plus five to a rolled stealth check which is pretty decent they also have immunity to acid damage as well as the prone condition which makes sense as they don't really have legs to knock them over they also actually have dark vision out to 60 feet 
So that is all pretty neat, all told. Anyway, uh, Shape Changer, I already went over. Uh, actually, I should, for consistency's sake, still go through it here, too. The Mimic can use its action to polymorph into an object or back to its true amorphous form. Its statistics are the same in each form. Any equipment it's wearing or carrying isn't transformed. It reverts to its true form if it dies. So... Uh, one other detail, actually, that I should mention about that shape change. It uses the word polymorph, which means that this is not an illusion that the mimic is casting. It is physically changing into whatever shape that it has. And the fact that its statistics are the same means that it is still fully sentient, even when it is in object form. And that combination is part of what makes a mimic so dangerous. The fact that even when it is in the form of, you know, a treasure chest or crate or barrel or we'll go into the forms a bit more later on. But the fact that they are still sentient and could still have, you know, uh, have, I don't know, a... Uh, a bolt, a rivet, or something that is actually their eye to still keep an eye on things, and they could still see with 60 feet of dark vision. That's interesting. All right, anyway, moving on. Adhesive, in object form only. The mimic adheres to anything that touches it. A huge or smaller creature adhered to the mimic is also grappled by it. Escape DC 13. Ability checks made to escape this grapple have disadvantage. Oh boy, that is interesting. So first off, the fact that a huge or smaller creature, so that could mean a giant could accidentally step on a mimic and would then have their foot be stuck to it automatically. Also of interest in that is that there is no attack roll, no saving throw. A mimic is so sticky that anything that touches it is automatically adhered to it and grappled automatically. So a grappled creature, as a refresher, their speed is zero, and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Uh, it does end the grapple if the grappler is incapacitated. It also can end if an effect removes the grappled creature from reach, such as by the Thunderwave spell. So, the fact that a grappled a creature is grappled, their speed becomes zero. So the mimic is able to automatically stick to the person, and also assuming that the mimic is on the ground, they would also be adhered to the ground. That person is trapped by the mimic. If any other person tries to help them and touches the mimic, they're stuck to the mimic, etc., etc., even though they're not the most, you know, dangerous of creatures in terms of their actual attacks, the fact that they do have this automatic adhesion can really be incredibly inconvenient and potentially dangerous to a especially low-level party. Uh, also, they have a trait called false appearance in object form only. While the mimic remains motionless, it is indistinguishable from an ordinary object. So fair enough. That just quantifies the fact that while they are looking normal, they look normal. 
there is not automatically things that give away that this is a mimic. So a lot of, you know, other disguised type creatures, you might be able to notice them with a perception check. But the thing is, perception checks to notice a thing are only supposed to be prompted by the DM in situations where there is something suspicious looking about the thing. So if you have, you know, a boulder that is actually a rock golem just tucked away, if there is you know, a gelatinous cube that's just very hard to see. Like, there's still supposed to be something suspicious to prompt the role. And part of what makes a mimic so dangerous is they don't look suspicious. Next up, Grappler. The mimic has advantage on attack rolls against any creature grappled by it. See, that is actually rather important because the grappled condition alone does not actually influence attacks at all. So whoever is grappled by the mimic can still attack it. And then the mimic can still attack the thing that they're grappling. This trait is that extra bonus for the mimic to give it that advantage against anyone stuck to it. So now let's go to their actual actions. Pseudopod, plus five to hit, five foot reach, one target, 1d8 plus 3 bludgeoning damage. If the mimic is in object form, the target is subjected to its adhesive trait. So, that is actually also quite interesting. So, the word pseudopod is kind of an interesting choice also. So, they don't explicitly use the word tentacle, because that probably just for the connotation's sake, honestly. But a pseudopod is just a arm-like projection that is usually used in like description of cells more often than not amoebas so the fact that it has this pseudopod at least implies that it is you know one large limb-like thing that is smacking you since it is bludgeoning damage and the fact that this also means that if a party comes up to a mimic and don't touch it themselves that the mimic can just reach out and smack them anyway, because this does have a five foot reach. So they reach out and smack someone and they are automatically stuck by the adhesive trait as well. So even though the 1d8 plus three is not a large amount of damage, that is still, as I said before, incredibly inconvenient and can be dangerous if the mimic, you know, is in a good setup or if the party is just caught off guard. And then finally, they have a bite attack as well. Again, plus five to hit, five foot reach, one target, a d8 plus three piercing damage, plus 1d8 acid damage. So, considering the fact that a mimic is such a classic creature, that's really all that there is to it on the mechanics side. There really isn't a whole lot of high damage to them. What makes a mimic dangerous is the unexpectedness of them, and honestly, the fact that even though they don't have a huge amount of damage, they do actually have a pretty beefy amount of hit points with 58. So the way to use a mimic then, that is where the fun comes in. So mimics in the monster manual do actually have a little bit more text to them underneath. 
Mimics are shape-shifting predators, able to take on the form of inanimate objects to lure creatures to their doom. In dungeons, these cunning creatures most often take the forms of doors and chests, having learned that such forms attract a steady stream of prey. Imitative predators. Mimics can alter their outward texture to resemble wood, stone, and other basic materials, and they've evolved to assume the appearance of objects that other creatures are likely to come into contact with. A mimic in its altered form is nearly unrecognizable until potential prey blunders into reach, whereupon the monster sprouts pseudopods and attacks. When it changes shape, a mimic excretes an adhesive that helps it seize prey and weapons that touch it. The adhesive is absorbed when the mimic assumes its amorphous form and on parts the mimic uses to move itself. That is interesting. So first off, the fact that it does use the word pseudopods plural means that it is able to have multiple limbs that are able to extend out and attack. But also the interesting little detail there that prey and weapons that touch it. That is not at all addressed in its abilities, but that does imply that if someone hits the mimic with a weapon, the weapon too should touch it. And it should then have to require that same escape DC to rip the weapon free once again. So even though it isn't actually specified in the stat block, it does say the mimic adheres to anything that touches it. And then it mentions the saving throw after the fact. So that's kind of unfortunately phrased in all honesty. So if you do hit a mimic with a sword or an axe, what have you, weapons are not going to go so well against the mimic. Because then someone in the party would have to use their action to pull each object free with that 13 DC. And even though that's, you know, not the most difficult thing, that still requires an action just to get your weapon back. And if you punch it, your fist is then stuck to the thing. That's, again, not a lot of damage, but honestly, a lot more danger than most might give credit to. So that's all of the actual attacks and such. But there is one more little fun bit of lore to it. Cunning hunters. Mimics live and hunt alone, though they occasionally share their feeding grounds with other creatures. Although most mimics have only predatory intelligence, a rare few evolve greater cunning and the ability to carry on simple conversations in common or undercommon. Such mimics might allow safe passage through their domains or provide useful information in exchange for food. So down there in the lore notes, they specifically mention that smarter mimics exist in the world, as well as the fact that they are a sentient creature. So you can have sentient mimics out there in the world that if you have mimics then that are at human intelligence, that makes them way more dangerous. Because in that situation then, you can have a mimic that does plan and maybe they decide to stick to the ceiling instead of the floor and then can just drop down onto their prey, you know, or they could just like take the form of a stalactite or something when they fall. 
So the creativity available to a mimic is something that is very fun, potentially. So how to use mimics is completely up to the dungeon master's creativity. So the fact that they are at least smart enough for sentience and just have total control over being an object that does have some limitations, but only a little. Their statistics are the same. So that does also mean then that a mimic can only turn into a medium sized object. So that is why most of the time a mimic is described as being a chest or potentially a door. But that does mean that they could turn into any medium sized object. Would you say that by that logic, mimics would be adorable? All right, that's it. And that is the end of Rifts and Rules. Thank you, everybody, for coming. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, yes. Uh, honestly, like the default picture of mimics in the monster manual, it is pretty horrific, but I do also find it oddly charming. So, yes, I will go so far as to say that a mimic can be adorable. But again, the fact that they can turn into any medium sized object is very interesting, because then if you do have them just turn into a small table, a chair, whatever you want to in any location that they could get to. And considering the fact that it is able to move and it doesn't actually have a solid form, so it doesn't actually specify it. But just as a DM, I personally would rule that if there is, you know, an open window, they would very easily be able to get through that. And just depending on your own ruling, maybe even if there's just a large enough crack under the door, maybe they would be able to just squeeze under that because they don't have a solid form. And the fact that even though they're slow, they're able to move. So it could very much be that situation of it, you know, scoots a little, turns into a crate. Like someone just finds it. Oh, hey, there's a crate. They go pick it up, bring it to a ship. And then, you know, a week later, this ship lands just aground on shore. Someone goes up to it and everything is there. Nothing was stolen. But every member of the crew is just mysteriously missing. You can so easily play with expectations with a mimic. You usually do see them almost treated like a joke, but they don't have to be and shouldn't be. They are so very much able to just be whatever they want to be. And so dungeon masters should use them in more creative ways. And what's kind of odd, there is just the mimic and there is also a giant mimic in, I think, Waterdeep Dragon Heist is where the giant mimic actually has a character sheet. And honestly, it just has a smidge more hit points. And that's honestly it. That's the only difference between it. Even the damage is still the same. But the giant mimic is very much worth mentioning to me because that implies two things. Number one, a giant mimic could turn into any large sized object because that is a large monstrosity. So then you just have a whole new set of possibilities that you as a DM can use with a giant sized mimic. So you could then just have it be anything large sized. So then you could have a cart that is in fact a mimic. You could have other large sized objects. My brain is not working great right now. It is 
a little almost six in the morning. Anyway, but the other interesting thing that the existence of the giant mimic implies is the fact that there are other sized mimics out there in the world. If you have a large mimic, then why couldn't you have a huge mimic? So you could even have an entire house that just is secretly a mimic that it just like puts itself into the middle of a city on some abandoned lot and then just like, oh, there's a house there now. That's weird. I don't remember that getting built. And eh, probably some wizard did it. I mean, let's think small, actually. Wouldn't it be funny if you had like these tiny like mimics <laughs> the size of like... Um... I don't know, uh, baseball or something that just <laughs> could, you, you just have like a cup or something and then you're like reaching for your favorite cup. You and see? It's like, Wait a second, there's two. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that actually. So even though the Mimic and the Giant Mimic are the only two that are actually described in books, they're not the only sizes of Mimics. There is, in fact, one more that is just a sidebar in Infernal Machine Rebuild, which a tiny mimic in the shape of a jewelry box. The mimic deals half damage with its pseudopod and bite attacks and has only one hit point. So there is tiny mimics out there in the world. It is just in that one little book that they mentioned that they don't even actually give it a full character sheet of its own. They just mention what is different, but they exist. And then you can just have them. So you could have tiny mimics in the world. So a tiny mimic would still do that 15 foot movement speed, which would mean that you can then have this like they say jewelry box and tiny sized. So my brain just immediately goes to cat in terms of like what that size actually means. So I'd imagine this just like cat-sized blob of goo that just creeps around and just turns itself into objects in hope of just like luring, you know, house pets and such to it in order to, you know, bite them because a tiny mimic is not likely to go after humans or even gnomes because it's tiny and they're not. So, in summation, mimics are a mechanically pretty simple, but thematically really interesting monster that with its ability to shapeshift and stick anything that touches it to it can be a whole lot of fun for a DM and potentially a headache for a party, which can just be more fun for the DM. Thanks for listening to this episode of Refs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. So, so support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier stars though is a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind the scenes content, only access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where we will chat with the cast and even the shadow on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Refwake and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Podcast. And now send us an email, Refs and Rules at gmail.com that's riffs and rules at gmail.com thanks for listening bye you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.